Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Just Janice podcast. I am your host, Janice, and we know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So in this joy-filled podcast, you're going to hear real-life stories from other believers. We're going to talk about the kingdom. We're going to magnify Jesus, and it's going to be awesome. So thanks for tuning in, and here we go. Hey, hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I'm really excited about the topic today. We're going to be talking about the armor of God and whether you are familiar with the passages in Ephesians 6 that talk about the armor or you have no clue what I'm talking about, you're going to get something out of today's episode. So thanks for tuning in and here we go. So I don't know about you guys, but sometimes in life I can have days or even weeks where I just feel like I'm constantly being attacked and and just crazy things are happening in my life. And I love that in Ephesians 6, we are given a tool, a really awesome, practical, easy tool that God gives us to be able to withstand those things in life, those hard times and the attacks of the enemy. And that is the armor of God. So we're going to read about the armor and then we're going to dig into each piece of that armor because I think it's so important to understand what God has given us because it's ours as believers and so why wouldn't we want to wear it? So I'm going to go ahead and start in verse 10 and I'm going to read through and then like I said we'll dig further into that and it's going to be really good because the word of God is so good and I love it. So chapter 6 Verse 10, and I'm going to read through 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So I just want you to note there, it says put on the whole armor. I think a lot of times it's easy to put on a couple pieces and maybe not always have the whole armor on, but this is really emphasizing to wear it all, all the time. So, where was I at? Okay, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, I'm going to keep stopping just as the Lord prompts me. I want to stop there because I think a lot of times when we're dealing with hardships or struggles in life, it's very easy to um, point at people or situations and not take not fight the battle in the spirit realm. Um, That's one thing that my spiritual mama, Cindy, has taught me when I've had situations. She's like, get your eyes off the person and ask God how to pray for them in the spirit because that's where the battle is. It's not flesh and blood. We're never wrestling against people. There's, there is, right here it says, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness. There are things in the spirit realm that are happening and um, that's where we need to fight our battle in prayer. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so emphasizing again, the whole armor, that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand. So that whole armor is going to help you withstand evil evil things and it's going to help you be able to continue standing so that you're not constantly being 
taking blows in life and being knocked down by the enemy and feeling defeated. So this whole armor is so important. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which with, with sorry, I got a little tongue tied. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. I love that because it's our shield of faith and, and it says that it will, ex- it will extinguish or quench every fiery dart of the enemy. So anything he tries to come against us with, we have that shield of faith that we can hold out in front of us and it is our part of our armor and it's our weapon against him. I'm not going to dig too much into that right now because I'm going to dig into that in a minute. So, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. So I wanted to read through verse 18 because I think a lot of times that gets left out when we're talking about the armor. And verse 18 talks about prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful with perseverance and supplication for the saints. So I wanted to read that because that's important. Prayer is such a powerful tool that God's given us. And so that is Ephesians 6. 10 through 18, and now we're going to dig a little deeper into each piece of that armor. The first piece of armor that we're going to dig into a little deeper is the belt of truth. So I have several scriptures for each of the armor pieces that we're going to talk about because I think it's so important to know what the word of God says about each of them and just dig deeper into them so that when we are in prayer and we're applying and putting on the armor of God, we can have a deeper understanding of what that means. So Philippians 4, 8, we're going to start with that one. And it says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, praiseworthy, all of those things, to think about those things. So I love that it starts out with whatever is true. So God wants us to meditate on truth. And so that belt of truth that we put on around our waist is the truth, the word of God, what he has to say about life and situations. And it's so easy to just let ourselves dwell on lies or to hear lies either from other people or from the enemy and not combat them with what God really says because he tells us to take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. And what does that mean? It means when a thought enters your mind, there should be a filter there that says, is this true or not? And if it's not true, you cast it down. The Bible talks about casting down vain imaginations. So anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, if what is entering your thoughts goes against what the word of God has to say, then what do you do with that? You say, you can even say out loud, I have done it before. That is not true. And that is, it seems so simple to just say that is not true, but it's powerful when you do. And when you, you don't let that, that word enter your heart, you don't let it settle there because, um, you can find that days and weeks and years down the road, like you could be operating out of a place of believing a lie and something that God never said about you and that isn't in line with the word of God. And so 
taking those thoughts captive and making them obedient to Christ. And to make them obedient to Christ, what we do is maybe a thought enters your mind and you're like, okay, I know that's not true, but replace it with, with what the Bible actually says. So, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. So you feel like you, maybe you messed up, maybe you, you sinned or you did something that you just didn't like, oh my gosh, like God's going to be angry with me now. And like, I have obviously done something to, that's so bad that like, there's no way he could love me anymore. And that's just a super simple, maybe silly, silly example. But, um, I think a lot of times that happens, even if we don't outright say it in those words. And so when a thought would enter your mind like that, you could say, no, that is not true. The word of God says that nothing in all of creation can separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, I repent from that because we never condone sin or or bad behavior, but we repent from it. We turn away from it. We say, God, I don't want to I don't want to do that anymore. And you turn away from it and you give it to him, but know that nothing is able to separate you from his love. And so that's just an example. Um, first one that came to my mind concerning a lie that could maybe come against you. John 14, six says that Jesus is the way truth in life. So when we're looking for truth, that is he is our ultimate example of what truth is. And so if you're reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you can read his words and what he said. Some Bibles might even have the words of Jesus in red letters. Um, some don't, but you can see what he says about situations and life and you and everything. So he's our anchor for truth. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So we know that the word of God is our ultimate source of truth. It's our foundation of truth. And I love that. That's Jesus talking. He's praying to the father while he was on earth. And he was asking him to sanctify us by the truth. And his word is truth. And so we can find truth in the word of God. So good. That's why I love the word of God. Mm, so good. John 8.32 tells us that truth sets us, sets us free. So that's one awesome thing about the belt of truth. Like it's not just something that you're wearing to keep you from believing the lies of the enemy and just taking your thoughts captive and making sure that you're, you're meditating on the truth and that you're speaking the truth and all of that. But it's because it sets us free. And we know that anything that God gives us or requires of us or wants out of our lives or from us or whatever, it's all ultimately for our good. And so it says in John 8, 32, that truth sets us free. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be bound by anything. So I want to walk in freedom and stay free because it is for freedom that Christ set us free. Amen. And then the last one I'm going to read for the belt of truth is 2 Timothy 2, 15. And that says, be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And obviously focusing on the last part of that verse that says rightly dividing the word of truth. So we have to know what the word of God says because it's so easy to hear other doc like there's so many doctrines and there's so many teachings out there. And some of them are are good. Some of them are like 
really good, but maybe there's just a little bit of something in there that's off. And it's just important to know the word of God because people are human. And just because maybe someone says something that's just a little bit off, it doesn't ultimately, it doesn't mean that they're a false teacher or false prophet automatically. Obviously we have to have discernment in that, but it's important even when we're listening to someone that we really trust, it could even be your pastor or a really good friend, uh, someone who you really trust in the Lord, a mentor, and they could have an interpretation of scripture that might be a little off or whatever. And it's not saying that they're bad or wrong, or you should never listen to them, but we have to know what the word of God says for ourselves. We can't rely on other people to spoon feed us the word our entire lives. Like God wants us to to grow in the Lord and mature in the word and to know what the word of God says. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the word of God in a minute, but that is what I have for the belt of truth. The next piece of armor in Ephesians 6 is the breastplate of righteousness. So pay attention to where that is placed. It's the breastplate. It's over your front side. And that is right over top of your most vital organ, which is your heart. So we're going to talk about the heart a little bit. Proverbs 4.23 tells us that above all else, so more than anything, it tells us guard our heart. So how do we guard our heart? What does that even mean to guard your heart? I think that, I mean, we could do a whole episode just on guarding our heart because it's so important. And obviously it says above all else that just shows us how important that is. But just in a nutshell, a quick nutshell for this podcast, um, guarding our hearts, that's being careful of what you're seeing, what you're listening to, what you're surrounding yourself with, even the counsel that you're sitting under. It's so important to make sure that you're guarding your heart because we know that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And there's so many verses on the heart. And it's just so important to guard that well, because first, obviously, the word of God tells us to But everything we do in life, it flows from our heart condition. And so I just pray right now that that you are that you take that verse seriously because it is so important to guard our heart. And I want I want to guard my heart well too. And I have a few more verses for the breastplate of righteousness. So Second Corinthians 5:21 says, For he made him who knew no sin. So it's talking about God making Jesus who knew no sin. So we know that Jesus lived a perfect sinless life. He was a perfect sacrifice um, when he died on the cross for us. So he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus was that perfect sacrifice. He became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. Talk about a perfect exchange. Like, are you kidding me? God was willing to give his one and only son so that I could become righteous. That's a beautiful exchange. And so if you don't maybe know what righteousness means, that that's in simplest terms, it's right standing with God. God wanted to restore that relationship that had been severed with Adam and Eve. You can read back in. Genesis to read all about that, but that's what it means to be righteous. And I think sometimes that can be misinterpreted like, oh, you think you're righteous. Or we think of like the term self-righteous, like you think you're better than other people or whatever, like an arrogant type of term. But it's all it really means is 
I'm in right standing with God. And to be righteous, you have to be humble because you have to acknowledge the fact that you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that you have done something that has separated you from God. And that's, that is sin. And so actually being righteous is a state of humility because you've acknowledged the fact that you need a savior and you need someone to stand in the gap, to be that perfect sacrifice. And that's Jesus. So I am thankful that he has given me righteousness and that I can be called righteousness. And it's because of the work of Christ. It's nothing I've done other than accept it. And so that is what that means. And then we're going to read one more verse in Romans 322. You might hear me flipping my Bible here because I have my study Bible right here with me while I'm doing this because I am reading a lot of verses to you. So it says, The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. So, um, there's a little, obviously there's context of scripture before and after that. But the part I want to focus on is that the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ, which I kind of already said a little bit, but I want to reiterate that, that that righteousness is because of our faith in him and what he has done for us. It has nothing to do with earning it or doing enough good works because you can work your life off being as good as possible to try to make yourself right with God. And it's never going to be good enough because the only thing that can make you right with God is Jesus Christ. So that is all I have to say about the breastplate of righteousness. All right, the next piece of God's armor is our footwear. So how many of you ladies or gentlemen love shoes? Okay, I can totally relate. I have way too many, but I don't care. I love them. So the gospel of peace, shotting our feet, dressing our feet with the gospel of peace. So that's wherever we're walking, we're carrying the gospel. We're carrying the good news of Jesus Christ with us. And that is a gospel of peace, a peace between God and man. So we're going to read in 2 Corinthians 5. We're going to read the first part of 14. And then I'm going to read 17 through 20. So it says, for the love of Christ compels us. So this is like... This is what motivates us to share the gospel. This is what motivates us to live our faith out loud, to not be ashamed of the gospel. We know that uh, Romans 1.16, I don't have that written down, but that just came to my mind. Romans 1.16 says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. And we just, I want us to be bold in our faith. I want to be more bold in my faith. I know there's times when I'm quiet about my faith when I'm like, oh, I should have spoke up or I should have said something, but sometimes it can be intimidating or whatever. So I don't want you to feel like I don't get it because I totally do. It's, it's, um, sometimes it can be intimidating or, or scary, but I promise you that every time that I've ever stepped out in faith and just been bold about my faith, it's always been a blessing, um, to the people that are hearing it. And you know what? Even if they reject it, I'm being obedient to what God's put on my heart. And maybe someone down the road, like I've said before, maybe someone down the road will water that seed and there will be something fruitful that comes of it. So, yes, all that to say, <laughs> the love of Christ compels us because he has done such a mighty work and loved us so deeply. We want to share that love with other people. So I'm going to skip down to 17. It says, therefore... If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. 
Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So that's a lot there. Um, I encourage you to dig deeper into that even, but it's... It's saying like, we have that ministry of reconciliation. We have that, that responsibility to share that good news of Jesus Christ and what he has done for people with those around us. So that could be someone in front of you at the grocery store. It could be maybe your, your aunt that you never talked to or your parents or your children. Like there is a responsibility there to share the gospel wherever we go, whatever sphere of influence God has given us. And my last verse for this portion is 2 Timothy 4.2. It says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. So, and there's more to that verse and it goes on further, but um, I love that it says, be ready in season and out of season. And to me, it's like sometimes there are times when I am fired up and I have maybe just gotten out of church or I've just gotten in the word and it's like I feel like I'm ready. I'm ready to share the word and I'm just fired up for it. And then there's times where maybe I'm in a dry season or I just am not feeling good. I don't feel like I don't feel like being the light the light of Christ in the world or whatever. And I love that it says be ready in season and out of season because ultimately his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And so even in those moments where we don't feel like I am like the least, we might feel like I'm like the least qualified person to share with you right now. Like it's so easy to be like, let me like point you to my pastor or let me let you talk to someone else that I know, like my mentor or whatever, because they can do it better. But if God has put someone in front of you, then you talk to them. And I just really want to encourage you with that because I know for me, even when I was like a new Christian or, you know, a baby in Christ that I, it was very easy for me to be like, I'll have my pastor pray for you or to even tell someone like, I'll be praying for you instead of just praying with them on the spot. So anyway, I just want to encourage you to be bold in your faith and to be ready in season and out of season to preach the word. So sometimes that is honestly just as simple as the way you live your life and the way you carry yourself to those around you, Um, because that can speak louder than a million words, the way that you respond to situations, the way that you talk about people when they're not around, those type of things. So definitely not saying that I'm perfect at it. It's, it's a process. Even for me, sanctification is a process. Like we become more and more like Christ throughout our walk, throughout our faith walk, but it's definitely my heart's desire to honor him in the way I live my life and to be bold, to preach the gospel, to be ready in and out of season. Our next piece of God's armor is the shield of faith. So we're going to read in Hebrews 11, 1, what faith is, because I think faith can take on so many different like ideas and meanings and maybe uh, can just be a very arbitrary term. So I want to just read what the word of God says, because we know that that is our ultimate source of truth. And so this says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So our faith is what we're believing, maybe that we can't see. And we know that Jesus even said like, Blessed are those who haven't seen, who've never seen me and they believe. And so um, that's faith. None of us 
have seen Christ. None of us have seen God, but yet we believe in him and we have a faith that what the word of God says is true, even though we haven't maybe physically seen it or, or whatever we believe what it says. We believe that Jesus was the son of God, that he was who he said he was, that he did what the Bible says he did. And so that is our faith. And then I'm also going to read first John five, four, and there is so there are so many scriptures that back up each of these pieces of the armor. Um, this these are just the ones that God put on my heart to share. So please note this is not exclusive. And honestly, if you have other insight or things that you want to share, maybe that have came up in your heart as I've been doing mine, message me. I'd love to hear it. So First John five four says, "For whatever is born of God overcomes the world." And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So our faith has the power to have victory over the world. And the Bible says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So our faith has overcoming power in it. And when we just stand on the word of God, which we're going to talk about that in a minute, we're going to talk about the sword of the spirit, which is the word. So I'll, I'll stop with that because... I could get going on the word of God. I love the word of God. If I have not told you that in all my other podcasts, and I'll probably say it in every podcast because it's the truth. It has changed my life. So Romans 10, 17, we're going to read that because it's important that we know like, okay, so we're talking about faith and that our faith has the power to overcome and what our faith means, but like, how do we get faith? How do we make our faith stronger? Because I want to keep that shield of faith out in front of me. I want every fiery dart that the enemy comes at me with, I want to be able to see it extinguished on my on my shield, by my shield of faith. I want to keep that out right in front of me. But it's like, how do I build a strong um, shield of faith? And it's God's shield. But we build that by increasing our faith. And so I want to read... This verse, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So sitting under sound teaching, um, getting in the word of God, surrounding yourself with other solid Christian people, like people that are going to sharpen you in your faith. I know for me, like I love Sunday morning church, but I have to have fellowship with other Christians. I have to be in communication with Christians outside of Sunday morning because Sunday morning is not enough. Not when there's seven days of the week that I am living in the world. And so I have really good mentors in place that that I can talk about the scripture with, that we can talk about, like, get into the word together. I love watching sermons on YouTube throughout the week. I love getting together with people outside of Sunday morning. Maybe it's a Bible study or going and having coffee with a sister in Christ and just being able to get into the word or even listening to podcasts. All of that is helping increase my faith and strengthen my faith so that when the enemy does shoot his fiery darts at us, because he does and he will for as long as we are on this earth, it's inevitable. It's I hate it, but it's just the fact of life. And so when he's coming at me with those fiery darts, I want to be able to hold that shield of faith out in front of me and I can speak the word of God and I know where I stand with God and, and my faith is helping me overcome him every single time. Next 
piece of armor is the helmet of salvation. So Romans 10.13. It sails. Let's see here. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, whoever calls on him will be saved. And then Acts 4.12, which we'll talk about salvation here in a minute. But I want to get these scriptures out because I think it's important. I think there are a lot of, of people who have believed that your own works or what you can accomplish there's somehow something you could do to earn right standing with God or to be saved, to inherit heaven or, or whatever, to spend eternity with God. Like, but the Christ, the Christian faith is so different than other faiths because you'll find that in other faiths, there's like a, there is a works based action that has to happen. There's something that you have to do in order to earn your way to God but the cool thing about the gospel and Christianity and the truth of what the Holy Bible says is that God did that work so that he could reconcile us to him. And so our faith and believing in him and calling on him and having a relationship with him, like it's, it's totally different than other faiths. And we find that our good works that we do are, are a result of that salvation because we are thankful for him and what he's done for us. And it's, it's a byproduct of our salvation. It's not what gets us saved, if that makes sense. So let's see. Acts 4.12. Trust me, I am thankful that he, he did everything he could to reconcile me to him because I can live in a place of rest. I don't have to feel like I'm always striving or doing something to like stay in right standing with God. I know that that my relationship with him is solid and it's good. And I want to just continue that intimacy with him. And, and out of that, like I said, the good works will come because you can't be in Christ and not produce good fruit. It's just the way it is. So you can read about the fruits of the spirit, um, which we know come by abiding in him. Maybe we'll talk about that in another episode. All right. Um, all right. So Acts 412 said, says there nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So I would encourage you to read maybe more than that. Um, well, I'd encourage you to read the entire word of God a hundred times. But um, in this specific part in Acts, it's talking about that there is salvation in no one else besides Jesus. And I think that's a dangerous trap that a lot of even Christians have fallen into is the the idea and the acceptance of universalism that, you know, whatever you believe is good for you, whatever I believe is good for me, like it doesn't matter, all roads lead to heaven, like ultimately we all worship the same God and we're all going to end up in the same place. So whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to label it as, it doesn't really matter because ultimately we're all worshiping the same thing, but that is so not true. It is so not true. It's a lie. And this says, like, if you believe the word of God and you are a Christian, you will believe that there is salvation in no other name. We know that Jesus even said, no one comes to the father except through me. So Christianity is a, is a belief of exclusiveness. There is no other name but him. So I just want to throw that out there. That is what I believe. And I'm very firm in that. So Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, 
If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Um, then I have 10. I'll go ahead and read it. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So, and again, there's there's more in those passages. It's so good. I like, I want to read it all, but I don't want to make this podcast 17 hours long, so I'm not going to. But it says that like, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, like we will be saved. And that is the extent of what we have to do in order to receive salvation. So I just want to encourage you, if you have never done that, to really seek God about it, to make that decision today. We know that the Bible says today is the day of salvation. God is always willing and ready to just draw you to himself, to start that relationship with you. He wants that more than you could ever want it. So I just pray that over you. If you have never done that, that is something that you would do because it's the best decision you will ever make. All right, the last piece of armor that we're going to talk about is the sword of the spirit. So I want to encourage you to keep that sword sharp. And that sword of the spirit is the word of God. And so we sharpen it by being in the word, by sitting under sound teaching, like I said earlier, but I cannot say that enough. I I could record a whole podcast that just says, be in the word of God, be in the word of God, be in the word of God, be in the word of God. And that would be really good advice for you because... Um, it's so important. So we're going to start in Hebrews 4, 12. And there's so many scriptures that just talk about how good the word of God is and why we need it. But these are the ones that God put on my heart for this episode. So these are the ones I'm going to read to you. So Hebrews 4, 12 says, for the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So it's sharp, it's active, it's living, it's it's powerful. Like the word of God is so sharp and it can just cut through any situation. And when we're facing situations and circumstances in life, and maybe what we're seeing doesn't line up with the word of God, those are the times that we can take the word and we can declare it over their situations and over our lives. And like even in prayer, when we're praying for things like healing or salvation for people or, or whatever it is, provision, like we can pray the word of God in those situations every single time. So Colossians 3.16, we're all over the New Testament and I love it. Let's see. Colossians 3.16, I just want to say thank you to everyone too. I've been getting a lot of really encouraging messages from you guys. And I just want to say that that really means so much to me. So thank you for everyone who has done that. Um, all right. So this says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in Psalms in hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So I just, that first part of the verse right there, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I love that. Like I want the word of God to dwell in me richly that I just know the word of God that throughout my day, I'm meditating on the word of God. I'm thinking about it. I'm maybe starting my day out with, with, um, being in the word. Like right now I'm doing the read the Bible in a year plan and it's really cool with Tara Lee Cobble. But, um, even if it's just like, Lord, just give me a verse that I can just 
mull on today that I can really just meditate on and just let it sink down into the core of who I am. So I, I love that letting it dwell in you richly. And that's part of it is just meditating on the word, reading the word, knowing the word. And then the last verse is second Timothy three. Second Timothy comes after first Timothy. Hey, you guys are Bible scholars. Now you know that. All right. So 16, let's see. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And I'm going to read, I'm going to read through 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So I love that. It's telling all about what the word of God is useful for, that it's inspired by God. That's the first part of it. It's inspired by God. Like these scriptures are God breathed. God breathe his life into these words. It's not just words of man that happen to end up on a paper or whatever and somehow formulate into a book. Like these words are God breathed. They're God inspired. So we know that when we're reading these words, they're, they're, they're the inspiration of God and they're good for, for, um, doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, righteousness. There's so much that verse alone, we could do a whole podcast on. It's so good. So I just want to encourage you guys to keep that sword sharp. All right. So that is every piece of the armor of God. And we know that after the Bible talks about each of those pieces, it also tells us to pray. Prayer is such a powerful part of the armor. And I don't want to neglect that, but I definitely want to do an entire episode, maybe more than one on prayer, because prayer is just such a an awesome, powerful privilege that we have that God's given us communication with him and the ability to, to pray. And there's so much there that we don't have time for today. But I definitely want to make sure that I say that because it is part of the armor as well. So I want to just encourage you to keep that armor of God on all the time. I never take it off, but every morning I try every morning when I'm driving on my way to work or just getting ready in the morning to activate it by just declaring it even out loud. Like, God, I dress my feet with the readiness of the gospel of peace. God, let me carry your truth with me everywhere that I go, Lord. I put that belt of truth firm around my waist. I wear the breastplate of righteousness. I guard my heart, Lord, today. Help me to guard my heart. I hold out my shield of faith in front of me, God, extinguishing every fiery dart of the enemy. I thank you, God, for the sword of the spirit, Lord, that it's sharp. God, I thank you for your word that is dwelling in me richly. I thank you for the helmet of salvation, God, that it's guarding my mind, that it's guarding my thoughts, that I know that I'm in right standing with you today, God. And, you know, things like that. I love speaking it out because even though like we know we have God's armor and he's given it to us, like sometimes it's good to just remind yourself of that because it is powerful and it's going to help you stand up against the enemy because that's the whole point of the armor is to be able to withstand the enemy, to give us victory in this life because God has not called us to live a life of defeat. He's called us to live a life of victory in him. And so I love the armor of God. I'm so thankful for you guys for listening listening in. This was a little bit longer of a podcast, but I pray that it blesses you, that it ministers to you. And I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. So feel free to shoot me a message. I'd love to hear from you. So I'm going to go ahead and close out the podcast in prayer. And yeah, so thanks again for listening. Father God, I thank you for the listeners on this podcast. God, I thank you that you have equipped us with your armor. God, it's not our armor. 
It's your armor, God. And I thank you that you've given us that armor to wear, God, that you've given us the power and authority to walk through this life in victory. God, to be able to stand against the enemy, to be able to live our lives boldly for you, God, that you have given us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness, Lord, you withhold nothing from us. God, and so I just pray blessings over the listeners. I pray that that they would realize the truth of who you are, God, and who they are in you, Lord. And I just pray for anyone who doesn't know you, God, Lord, I just pray that you draw their hearts to you, God. I pray that they will know you. They will know you so well, God. And I pray for everyone who does know you to grow in intimacy with you, Lord. And I speak that over myself as well. God, I want to know you more. I want to love you more. I want to live my life on fire for you, God. I want to stay hot for you, Lord. I don't want to be lukewarm and I don't want to be cold, Lord. I want to be, I want to be bold in my faith. I want to know you more than, more than I know anyone else, more than I know myself, Lord. I thank you for who you are, God, and the way that you love us, God, that you never give up on us, Lord. I thank you that you made a way for relationship. And Lord, I just thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.